Welcome to CX and Chill, the real raw customer experience podcast by Exo Studios, the creative arm of ExtendOps. In today's episode, host Stephanie Todd is joined by hospitality expert Ricardo Perotti. Join in as they dive deep into the world of hospitality CX, launching global brands, and adapting to change during uncertain times. CX and Chill starts now. Hi, I'm Stephanie Todd, host of CX and Chill. Welcome. Today we are with Ricardo Perotti. And do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us, tell us about your background. Yeah, thank you, Stephanie. It's great to be here with you guys. Uh, I'm Ricardo Perotti. I uh, head up the uh, uh, Customer Engagement Center organization uh, for Marriott. Uh, I he- head up the uh, strategy function for the Customer Engagement Centers at Marriott. And I've been with the company for about, uh, what is it, 16 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. Flew by. Yeah, flew by. And today we're in a beautiful Marriott property, the Cosmo, my favorite hotel in Vegas, and overlooking gorgeous scenery. Um, hopefully people will want to pay attention to what we have to say, because if not, then they can at least check out what's behind us. Yeah, it's certainly my favorite property in, the, in this market. So yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, I know when I checked in, I had the little guide and it's like Rose was my AI assistant and she's a mischief maker. So it's I like the voice that comes out yeah. with every property. They're... You know, every property is a little bit different. And I love the property. They gave me an upgrade. So <laughs> you're like, that's amazing. <laughs> you're like very easy to <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, just, you're like, just give me a bigger room and I'm happy with it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So kind of talking about your background, how you got started. How did you get into the space? Uh, you know, it was the only company available in the in the DC market when I was looking for a job like mm-hmm. a 16 years ago. So I, um, I um, came to New York to study there. And then uh, after my studies, I went to work for Deloitte Consulting out of New York City mm-hmm. for like, a, I don't remember, like a five or six years, like I felt like a 15 years, right? Yeah. I was doing projects in San Francisco, flying every week, right, mm-hmm. to San Francisco, or every other week, uh, trying to stay there for a week and then kind of take turns. Um, but I worked with Deloitte for about six years, roughly. And um, and I had to move for personal reasons. I had to uh, go somewhere else. I'm not going to go into a long story, but I ended up in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. Without, mm-hmm. without a job. So I started to look, to look for companies in the area, companies that could make sense for me. Sure. And then the only companies at that time were, um, I think, Choice Hotels, Capital One, mm-hmm. and that's it. Or politics, and you didn't want to get into yeah, that. No. And AOL <laughs> was there, but they, they actually went bankrupt at that time. So mm-hmm. there weren't any other companies by Marriott. So I mm-hmm. was very lucky to actually um, apply for a position. I kind of uh, took a step down in my career a little bit, but then very quickly I went up a couple of uh, levels. So I've been with the company about 16 years now. Yeah. And so with the, what you did at Deloitte, did that help with what you're doing now from a strategic standpoint? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I came into Marriott to be kind of be a, an internal consultant for mm-hmm. the sales and marketing organization. So we did one of the largest kind of a sales transformations in the U.S. and Canada at that mm-hmm. time. So kind of a, we touched all the hotels in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and we kind of a consolidated all the sales efforts into kind of a market teams mm-hmm. versus each property having individual salesperson. Right. Okay. So great concept. Makes sense. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did that for like a three, four years. Okay. So I laid that transformation for about three, four years. Uh, so that was my first role at Marriott as an internal consultant in sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And then I went into uh, my first leadership role, uh, leading the uh, reservation strategy for the company, mm-hmm. trying to uh, make the the experience of booking a hotel 
more like a retail-like experience where you can choose different features and potentially pay for those features as well if you want to pay for that, right? Mm -hmm. So we set up a large effort uh, that is still going on, actually, mm -hmm. uh, to try to do that. And then a few years after that, I went into uh, loyalty. Mm -hmm. I was the head of the Rich Carlton Rewards Program and Marriott Rewards Program for like a two or three years. So that was a great experience trying to really appeal to the uh, next generation travelers that were looking for more kind of instant gratification, right? Yeah. That they don't want to wait like uh, two years to accumulate points and redeem mm -hmm. for uh, room night, right? They want yeah. some more instant uh, uh, rewards. So we did a lot of great work during those two years. I think after that, I did some back to kind of internal consulting, working from, for the brand management team for a couple of years, helping with the uh, integration with Starwood Hotels. Mm -hmm. And then I've been with the contact centers for about five years now. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure a lot has changed. Going, ba going back to the instant gratification, yeah. I took my boys on a trip last week and on their Delta Sky Miles, I started their account a couple of years ago. And my 11-year-old's like, so am I silver or my diamond? I'm like, you have not traveled enough to have any status. He's like, well, I've already been on this flight. Why Why wouldn't I have status? I'm like, oh yeah, my exactly. Gosh. I mean, that's, that's a great point. They should offer a basic status with some basic benefits, right? You start getting yeah. some benefits just by starting mm -hmm. using the brand. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so I understand what you're saying in terms of building that out. So kind of talking about Starwood too, because that was two big brands merging together. That was what, three years ago? That was more like a five, six five. years ago. Oh, five, six. Gosh, yeah. the last, how many years have been yeah. a blur? Yeah. yeah. 2016, 2017, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So how has that gone in terms of kind of blending those teams together and kind of merging the tech, the actual voice of the customer, everything? Uh, I think it's gone well. I think it was painful at the beginning when we mm -hmm. actually integrated the systems, right? Yeah. Uh, but it was it was painful for a few months for some of the systems teams working on the integration. But I mean, it's been a, 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 a very exciting uh, kind of a partnership and combining the two cultures uh, mm -hmm. uh, about five, six years ago. Um, I think we were able to keep each brand within its kind of a swim lanes, mm -hmm. right? And be able to distinguish each of the 30 brands or 31 brands that we have right now. So it's, it's amazing. And then we 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 took the best of the loyalty program right at mm -hmm. that point. And then right now we have about 180 million members in our Bomboy program. So very excited about that. And that was really one of the reasons why, why we acquired Starwood, right? Because we wanted yeah. to really tap into their uh, member loyalty uh, customer base. Okay. Yeah. So you have 31 brands in swim lanes. So what are the swim lanes? How do you even fit that in a room? And like, what does that look like? Yeah, I, I can tell you the 31 brands, but basically you have a, a luxury tier. Mm -hmm. You have a full service tier and you have select service. Like if people don't know this, they don't yeah. have to know this, mm -hmm. right? But there's three tiers that each tier provides different services to customers, right? Mm -hmm. And then within the tiers, actually there's two kind of a pillars, right? You have... Uh, more classic luxury, like the Rich Carlton is a classic luxury. Sure. And you have more lifestyle brands, like a W is a lifestyle luxury mm -hmm. brand. Uh, so anyways, that's how we kind of uh, segment the 31 brands that we have. And as you may know, we just acquired a new brand, the 31st brand uh, in Mexico, Seed uh, Express. Mm -hmm. So that's um, kind of a 
signifies for us kind of the entrance into a new space, which is the, the mid-scale. So okay. you have luxury, you have full service or premium, then you have select service, and then you have mid-scale. So we announced uh, the acquisition of Seed Express a couple of months ago and uh, with a, about 150 hotels in Mexico and some other countries in South America. And uh, we also announced like a month ago or maybe a few weeks ago that we are going to launch a 30-second brand uh, in the U.S. in the uh, 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 long-stay, sorry, extended-stay mm -hmm. mid-scale okay. uh, for those customers that are looking for kind of a stay for more than 20 days, looking for a price point that is really economical, maybe in the $80 range. And then uh, they are looking for a Marriott kind of a guarantee of the experience mm -hmm. and looking for great service and great experience. Okay, great. So yeah. then in those swim lanes, how do you manage the customers contacting the potential four different levels and the 31, now 32 different brands? Yeah, for the customer, it should be very transparent, right? Um, but internally in our customer engagement centers, mm -hmm. we have... Um, we have a, a kind of a sales and service desk, mm -hmm. and then we have a, a loyalty support desk. Uh, we have an elite kind of escalated desk for mm -hmm. uh, our customers. And then we have a specific desk for the luxury tier. So mm -hmm. the luxury hotels go to a more advanced uh, uh, desk that is dedicated to luxury hotels only. Mm -hmm. And then we have a desk specific to resorts as well, because you need to develop some extra expertise mm -hmm. on the properties for those resort uh, hotels. So that's how we try to uh, make sure that the experience for the customers kind of re reflects the brands that they're choosing to call to, to make mm -hmm. a reservation for. Okay. And then we were talking earlier, so you have also all of these channels, right? So TikTok was when we were kind of joking about. But <laughs> yeah, we're not on TikTok. No. Uh, <laughs> we had to get you to answer yeah, on TikTok. Yeah. But so we had, like you have Facebook, email, voice, like do you see any trends or things that you're kind of leading towards or changing from when you started five, six years ago in the contact centers? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Stephanie. I I think voice is uh, still a very strong channel for us. So we provide service on voice. Email, when you go into the Marriott.com website, you have a help site and you can you can uh, ask for help on specific topics. So those mm -hmm. those requests come to our queues in form of an email. So we have voice, we have emails, we have a chat and messaging uh, platform as well. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, that's it. And uh, we have social media as well. So mm -hmm. we provide support to most of the brands across most of the countries where we're present. So I think, to be honest, right, I think uh, uh, chat and messaging is a very interesting channel, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I've talked to many of my peers in other companies. Uh, chat and messaging, right, and having a chatbot up front mm -hmm. Uh is what customers really want. I mean, some customers really want to interact with mm -hmm. a with a with a person via a chat uh, platform. The challenge for many companies is that experience not necessarily is not necessarily great for the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the chatbots are not really that intelligent, yeah. right? And then uh, the chat experience. I think my view on on chat and messaging is that it really needs to be focused on the right intents, mm -hmm. right? And some companies do it well, like uh, I've seen Amazon or or Uber, right? Mm -hmm. 
they drive you to chat for things that they can resolve very easily and very quickly. Yep. And they're very conscious about they are only going to help you in the channel for some specific intents, mm -hmm. right? And that makes sense to me, right? That's what companies should do more of, offer mm -hmm. the chat when they can really offer the assistance to the customer. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some who do it really well where they'll turn off certain channels and only yeah. for certain questions or certain lines of business or whatever, they offer certain functions. And yeah. now with ChatGPT and AI and all this other stuff, I know people got a bad taste in their mouth with some of the chatbot AI stuff yeah. that happened years ago, the more virtual assistant type of stuff yeah. because people weren't saying they were not human. Yeah. And then they'd get frustrated, like help me with this. And then it would get stuck. I think it's gotten smarter, but it's still trying to figure out, like you say, the intent behind yeah, it. But, but it's a segment that companies need to invest uh, in yeah. uh, because customers, there's the segment of customers that want to interact via chat. So we need mm -hmm. to be able to provide that support and get better at that, right? Yeah. And use partners to help us get better at that. I think chat GPT is certainly something that everybody's asking around. Mm -hmm. How can companies benefit from that? I think uh, we're going to get there, right, uh, as a company and as an industry. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we need to take uh, some baby steps at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, right. Kind of. A, I was chatting with some of my friends like uh, before start creating content with chat GPT, why don't you start maybe polishing the content that you already have, mm -hmm. right? In a way that you can respond to an email and maybe chat GPT can help you kind of uh, refine the communication with the customer versus creating content for you. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways. Yeah, yeah, making some things faster. I saw yeah. like every day I see news articles saying now employees are hiding from their employers that they're using it because they're more efficient and yeah. now they're working Why not, less right? Or if you can be more efficient, why not? Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and kind of on that topic, so I may get this wrong, but I think Marriott's been for what 25 years Fortune 100's most admired companies, right? Is yeah, that, that's is true. That an accurate that's statement? true. Okay, that's what I write too. Okay, so I've been with the company at sixteen, so I, I gotta believe that it's been twenty five years. Yeah. So how do you create and kind of maintain that culture? I know we were kind of shifting from like the ChatGPT employee yeah, yeah, yeah. side, but kind of talking about that most admired company aspect. Like, what does that look like inside, and how do you maintain that, especially across those contact centers? You know, I I don't know, right? There's a secret sauce in that, but I'll tell you that. So I worked before for Procter & Gamble. I mm -hmm. worked for Deloitte Consulting. Great companies with great cultures, mm -hmm. uh, which I was very impressed when I was working for those companies. But I was even more impressed when I came to Marriott 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it's I think it's a completely different level from a culture perspective. And the fact that the, uh, the founders of the company were still there at that time, mm -hmm. and some of them are still are. Uh, just makes a big difference, right? Because maintains the, the family culture, yep. and uh, and one of the um, kind of the visions and, and quotes from our founder uh, is, we take care of our associates, right? Our associates will take care of our customers, mm -hmm. our guests, and the guests will come back, mm -hmm. and that really we we leave that culture every day in the company. We take care of our associates mm -hmm. as the first thing that we can do best, right? Taking care of our people, and. Um, so just to give an example, um, during the pandemic, right, we had about mm -hmm. 6,000 agents working in our contact centers at that time, and our occupancy dropped by about 70% mm -hmm. from one month to the other, right? So we certainly had to furlough people at that time, but uh, we were very concerned about furloughing yeah. our 6,000 associates. So we worked very hard for like a, a month 
to try to identify partners who can help us maintain some of the people mm -hmm. from our contact centers. And, uh, and really, in a couple of weeks with the right partners, we found the right company and the right organization to help us keep our people employed mm -hmm. and supporting other projects outside of Marriott. So we ended up um, really at the beginning of April, uh, really two or three weeks after the pandemic was announced, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we announced, we uh, sorry, we got about signed a contract with the New York Department of State uh, for uh, unemployment. Okay. And we were able to maintain and kind of redirect about a thousand agents to work for the New York Department of Unemployment for about a year, hmm. and including myself, right? Yeah. So I was one of the leaders managing the team at that time, and that also kept me employed uh, and kept a thousand people from uh, our customer engagement centers employed for about eight months. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was that was just amazing. Not only that we were able to do this in in like a two weeks to train people. Mm -hmm. uh, get people to opt in for this project, mm -hmm. to train them, to set up the system and connectivities with the Department of, of <laughs> Unemployment. In two weeks, they yeah. were taking calls. And uh, and the company took a risk, right? Because that's mm -hmm. not our business. Yeah. And they took a risk, and uh, that was really very meaningful for us. Not only for us, right? We were able to keep 1,000 associates. We handled like a 1 million uh, calls from uh, New York residents. Mm -hmm. We uh, actually completed like uh, 200,000 applications for unemployment um, from uh, New York residents. And then uh, it was just a great project for us and a great project for New York State as well, so. Yeah, well, it's remarkable you can move that fast, especially working with like a state agency too because they don't uh, always move the fastest either i don't know how we did it really i'm not lying in two three weeks we had the first team of marriott associates taking calls mm -hmm. and i gotta tell you the systems that they use are not really the most intuitive <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. but uh um but uh, it worked and by the end of the year we had kind of employed about a thousand people so it was amazing mm -hmm. so i mean from that moment on i think that that's a really great example of how the company took the risk to take care of their people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that was amazing. No, that's a great example. And it's something where in this industry, like the customer experience, customer service, contact centers, like we're solving problems every day. And then you solve one problem and then something totally random like that comes up where you're like, okay, global pandemic, how do we solve this? And then it's completely just trying to like source and figure out where to go from there. Yeah, and amazing how the teams step up, right? The mm -hmm. HR stepped up to to mm -hmm. hire the people to to have the associates to opt in to get all the regulatory legal approvals, mm -hmm. finance. Our tech teams did magics to connect the systems in a couple of weeks, right? So that's probably the biggest. That was feat. the biggest challenge. <laughs> the, 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 like, the, 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 the telephones were going to be connected, uh, right? Yeah, and they were going to be able to have access to their unemployment system through our VDI platforms, right? So mm -hmm. very complicated, but they managed to do it. Yeah, yeah. And now, like, so travel's back. Yeah. And it's, you know, people are back at it. I don't know if it's leveled off. I think I still saw numbers out there where it's still, like, expecting, like, another year or two to get to the point with business travel especially. But what is that looking like now that it's, like, it's back? We're yeah. all here. We're in a room together. <laughs> we are not, you know, having to be sequestered in our homes or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, you and I were talking about this before, right? Like, a, after the pandemic, you start to think about your priorities in life and how mm -hmm. you want to spend your time. So, yeah, like I've been taking extra trips, 
trips mm-hmm. with my kids and my family yeah. because right time is is limited. So I want to take advantage of that time to travel with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the industry is is bouncing back big time. I think uh, there was uh, the uh, Q1 uh, results announced. Uh, a month ago, and the company is doing amazingly well. Uh, I think our RevPar, which is kind of a uh, same store sales comp, mm-hmm. right, yeah. went up like a, sorry, I'm misquoting the number, but it's like a 35% year over year, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have like a 3,000 hotels in the pipeline to open in the next few years. Mm-hmm. So uh, the company is doing great. Uh, people want to travel. People mm-hmm. want to combine Kind of the, the business travel with a with a leisure travel mm-hmm. that yeah. kind of a trend that started a few years yeah. ago right with the next gen traveling more they wanted to work hard mm-hmm. and play hard but now it's that trend is is here to stay right people yeah. are uh, extending their stays combining business with leisure as well mm-hmm. so um i think it's very exciting as as i told you before the company continued to expand into new brands like city express into new segments like the extended stay mid-scale in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So we're very excited that people want to continue to travel. So they're yeah. staying with us. Yeah, well, and then you have 31 brand, 32. So it just seems like you just keep growing. Yeah. Yeah. I know the leisure and business travel is something where for so long I didn't take advantage of that. So it's for me, it's been the last few years of seeing yeah. that and going, oh, gosh, I've been so many places, but I haven't actually seen them. Um, but it was, it was something that was interesting because when I was a young professional, I remember the first week at my job, they said, if this person asks you to travel, you just say yes and figure out your personal life later. And it was, you didn't ask questions. It was like, you're going to Birmingham, Alabama for three weeks. And like my excitement was like getting chicken wings from the place next door. Right. It was like, I was still like very frugal with my per diem spend and everything. But then it's like, now I'm like the amount of things I probably missed out on. But I think for younger people, they're like, if I'm going to travel for work, I also want to go and have fun and explore and see yeah. things and not just be in a hotel room or an office or yeah. the airplane. And not only that, I think the fact that we have 31 brands right now, right, offers you the opportunity to have different different experiences mm-hmm. whenever you want it, right? Yeah. Depending on the occasion, there could be different brands for different people as well. So mm-hmm. if you want to go and extend a stay, if you want to rent a home and villas, mm-hmm. you have options, right, with us. You have... Mm-hmm. A courtyard, a resident scene with bigger rooms. You can go to a mm-hmm. Renaissance, to a Marriott hotel. So you mm-hmm. have all the 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 breadth and depth uh, in our portfolio. Yeah, I mean, when I was in Boston, I stayed at one that used to be a prison, which was a fascinating hotel. It was a was Marriott. Right? Yeah, I don't remember the name <laughs> of it. I think it was an autograph collection. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I stayed did the home Marriott. Home so Ambulance. instead yeah. of because I I've used Airbnb and VRBO, but I also love my points because I'm kind of a point hoarder. But I was like, okay, how do I still do this? So I rented through the homes and villas. And then I swear you guys listened to me because I was telling someone, oh, I want to go to Hawaii. I haven't been to Hawaii yet. And then the next day, Weston, Princeville, wherever in Hawaii was like, we'll give you a special deal to go to Hawaii. And then I was like, done. (laughs) So I'm going to Hawaii in December. I don't think we were listening, but uh, maybe. uh, Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe someone was listening. It was just a very serendipitous timing. I'll I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So kind of like thinking about all of that and all the brands, travel being back, like what are the biggest challenges you face right now with like employing people or like running the contact centers to get people excited to be back? Yeah. You know, um, because I'm I'm working on some of these projects, but I've seen that trends that are impacting the contact center industry 
are one is there's more competition like the, the labor market is becoming mm-hmm. is become really very competitive not only on on kind of labor rates mm-hmm. but on uh, flexibility to work from home or work hybrid yeah uh, uh, or offering different type of flexible arrangements as well mm-hmm. so um so that's something that we been looking around in our center. We have 20 centers around the globe and we've been looking into ways to continue to be a very attractive job opportunity for people. Mm-hmm. So we certainly needed to adjust and look for where we need to offer those alternative or flexible work arrangements. Yeah. Like uh, in Cork, we just recently launched a formal remote uh, 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 program we launched a hybrid program, mm-hmm. and then uh, we all actually launched a um, work from overseas pilot because okay. in Cork is a very unique market mm-hmm. where you have a lot of young people from different countries from Europe, and they want to take a couple of weeks to go and visit their families, right? But they want to maybe work one week from overseas from their home countries, right, yeah. and make that work the the trip worthwhile. So we set up a pilot to see how it works, where they can take. Uh, they can go, take a laptop and go overseas for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. or three weeks and be able to work from their home countries for about a week. Okay. Uh, so trying to provide those flexible work arrangements so that we continue to be uh, a, kind of an attracting option for for individuals. So uh, we need to hire more people, right? Because mm-hmm. the market is more competitive. So how do we make the uh, onboarding, the new hire experience more more effective and more efficient for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working on a lot of projects to help us do that. Not only um, how do we make the onboarding process more simple, mm-hmm. right? How do we shorten the period between you sign the offer and you start working with us, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's where we lose a lot of people in that yeah. in that wait period. Uh, we also try to uh, develop the relationship between the managers and the uh, associates from mm-hmm. day one. Mm-hmm. Right? How do you create that connection with your manager from day one? Uh, and how do you create moments that matter for the associate and allow the manager to be in those moments with the associate and create that connection mm-hmm. from day one is critical, right? And we are trying to actually create more time for managers to spend more time with their associates coaching. Mm-hmm. As you have more remote agents, yeah. developing that engagement takes more time. Sure. So you need to adapt. You need to mm-hmm. adjust, develop new skills, for managers to be more effective with their associates in a remote environment. So we're mm-hmm. trying to create that, create that opportunity for the managers to do that with their associates. Okay. So those are two trends, right? This work uh, flexibility, working from home, mm-hmm. managers need to kind of redefine their skill sets and how they spend their time with their associates given the new environment, uh, and then making sure that we provide uh, uh, the right appeal to, to, to people looking for jobs providing those flexible work arrangements. Yeah. Well, and you would assume that some of the people working also love traveling or they get excited about traveling. It's maybe one of the reasons why yeah. they work for Marriott. But kind of on that note, it, you want them to be able to actually experience it themselves too, right? Not just work in that field because it might get a little daunting if you're always like, oh, great, have a great time in Hawaii. And you're like, I'm sitting in this room and I never leave. Yeah. Right. It's funny though. Uh, so I've been... I go to the centers like every other month. And uh, last year, I went to like uh, five, six different centers. Mm -hmm. And it's it's amazing how 
just the benefit that we offer to our associates to use the associate rates, the yeah. kind of the explore program that we have that provides discounts for our associates to stay at hotels. Yeah. You you talk to associates in different centers and they tell you their stories about, hey, I went to Europe uh, last mm-hmm. week or I went to the Caribbean with my family last month. So mm-hmm. this is really like very compelling benefits. And it's, it's amazing, right, that our associates yeah. can take advantage of those programs and be able to visit our hotels as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, instead of getting free coffee or snacks or something in yeah. an office, I'd much rather go to Peru yeah. or Europe or somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. So kind of on that note, like for flexibility wise, did you go back to offices? Like you said, it's somewhat hybrid. How has that shift been? Well, no, that's interesting, right? We've uh, we've taken an approach where we want to be mindful about when and where we offer this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of Cork, as an example, as yeah. I told you, right? Uh it is based on the, the dynamics of that market. Right? Yeah. This is what the market is asking for. This is what companies are doing in those markets. In other markets like uh, Mexico or Guangzhou uh, in China, mm-hmm. people really need to come to the office to work because they, they need to have space. They need to have the, the, the engagement with their managers, with their mm-hmm. leaders. They need the, the office space, the connectivity. So it depends, right? Mm-hmm. It depends. There are centers that we are operating full remote, there are centers that we're operating uh, in a hybrid or remote uh, basis. Uh, there are centers that are fully in center operation right now. Okay. And so how has it all been from a performance standpoint? Like NPS, like whatever you're measuring, what's important? Like how are you measuring what the moments that matter and like what the importance and performance has been? Yeah. I mean, certainly uh, so far is going well. I mean, I think there's a lot of work that we've begun to do since last year to try to improve what I just told you, the kind mm-hmm. of the new hire experience, the nesting process and the training and all that. Uh, but results so far are great, right? And uh, our revenue per booking has gone up as well, right? Which mm-hmm. is a reflection that customers are really reaching us when they want to book their family vacations mm-hmm. or they have a more complex booking that they want to do. They call uh, our contact centers, our CECs, and they... Uh, uh, and we help them book those more complex stays, right? Mm-hmm. I guess the, the the more simple stays, they go online, mm-hmm. right? They can do it more quickly uh, on the website. But yeah, mm-hmm. revenue per booking is going up. Our MPS is higher. Uh, we're handling most of the calls. And then do you have different metrics by those different brands or different swim lanes? Uh, we have different goals. Okay. Yeah, for yeah. some of the different desks that we have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of figure out based on whatever brand it is and potentially have a faster speed to answer for a luxury versus something else or? Yeah, of course. Okay. Certainly we want to have yeah. for our elite lines, we want to have a lower speed to answer and mm-hmm. uh, same for the luxury brands as well. Yeah, which I appreciate because yeah. I'm titanium elite. So I'm I like, mean, I'm, I become a little bougie where I'm like, wait a minute, if it's not, if I'm not answered right away, I'm like, hey, I'm titanium elite. Not yeah. that I throw that out there, but it is something where I think there's that level of expectation. But it's funny though, levels. sometimes you have to call the right number, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you call the wrong number, yep. it's not the wrong number. But if if you don't call the loyalty support line mm-hmm. or the luxury line, yeah, you may end up in the in the level one sales and service line, mm-hmm. which is also a great experience, right? Yeah, no, all of them are good experiences. I think it's just a matter of making sure as people are going through it, I don't think people fully grasp and understand the complexity that lives within contact centers. Like 
when they hit an IVR and if, if a company has an IVR, those numbers mean something. It's, you know, if you hear people are like zero, 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 or yeah, they're like yeah. representative, representative. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, you do know that they're like, if you push certain numbers, you may go to a completely different country or a completely different person who is skilled to answer certain things. Yeah. But cu customers a lot of times don't know that or aren't familiar, nor should they be, I guess, yeah. with what that all means underneath. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's very interesting. We did a project like a couple of years ago trying to uh, improve the, the customer experience. But then what we actually wanted to improve was the handle time mm -hmm. because our handle time was going through the roof. You know, handle time drives budget because you need mm -hmm. to have more people if the calls take longer. Yeah. So we set up a project to improve handle time to try to provide the tips and kind of the, uh, the kind of rephrase the process and protocols for our associates to handle mm -hmm. customer issues, right? And uh, it was interesting. The handle time came down like a 50% during the period of that project because the team did an amazing job. Uh, but then, um, surprisingly, MPS went higher, mm -hmm. right? When many people think that, well, if you try to cut the call short, then your MPS is going to go down. Mm -hmm. And what's completely opposite, right? People don't want to yeah. spend too much time on the phone with us. As much as mm -hmm. we are nice people, yeah. right? They, they want to resolve their issues and uh -huh. go on with their lives. So it was amazing. As HD went down, MPS went up, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, uh, well, I think overall metrics are whatever you can do to resolve why they're calling in the first place or contacting you. Yeah. It's like whatever you can do to solve their problem as fast as possible. I don't think yeah. people really care about anything else. <laughs> Although you always hear like Zappos, the longest call, their Vegas center. It's like 10 there are hours the and 45 minutes. Yeah. There like, are people that like to talk. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know my parents would probably complain about that too. But yeah. um, so kind of, and then going back, so loyalty was something that you were in within the company too. And so now there's some new programs. So I saw like, you know, the some of the fun experiences and, and one point experience, I think it was, yeah, what it was yeah, called, and yeah. some of the fun things that are coming up. What are some of the new projects or um, initiatives that are going on? Again, right, always trying to, back to my point about instant gratification, always trying to provide uh, experiences, uh, instant gratification to members, like at the one point mm -hmm. bit that, of course, it was very difficult to get it, but right, yeah. uh, at least kind of engages customers to try to uh, get, get something and achieve something and they gain mm -hmm. something. Uh, well, I think and, I saw one is like benefit out of the program. Like I get to go with Breaking Bad, like yeah. the people from Breaking Bad and have dinner or something, right? Like, yeah, they're having drinks like or tequila with them. Yeah. yeah, okay. No, I think that the, 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 the loyalty team is doing an amazing job trying to continue to evolve and provide mm -hmm. opportunities for members to engage with the program mm -hmm. in different ways. So I think that's, that's part of the moments program that we have mm -hmm. uh, uh, for the Bonvoy uh, program. We also um, just announced recently, I mean, partnerships is really critical. That's how mm -hmm. you expand your your engagement with customers by creating partnership with other companies. Like uh, for South America and Latin America, we just partner with uh, Rappi. It's a service like a, um, it's a courier service for groceries, pharmacy products, and things yeah. like that, and food, like the sure. Uber for Latin America. So great to see great partnerships in different markets. Mm -hmm. And then very importantly, recently, we also announced the uh, our ambassador uh, members, elite members, the, mm -hmm. the, the highest value segment uh, uh, of members in our loyalty program, the ambassador level. Uh, we just announced, and we actually just launched uh, on the first week of June, that we went back to the one-to-one uh, -one model, which is mm -hmm. every ambassador member gets a dedicated ambassador agent or ambassador okay. associate to help those customers with their uh, travel, just trying to dial up kind of a personalization mm -hmm. and provide even a 
better customer experience. Like uh, we used to have that in the past pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. right? We had to stop uh, during the pandemic for obvious reasons, but then we were really excited to come back to that kind of a personalized one-to-one service model for our highest value members in the in the in the program. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I know I've had benefits like luxury card or Amex or whatever will give you that concierge service and I rarely or even remember to use it. But those kind of things having that one-to-one person, they get to know you and then also be able to say, "Okay, oh, you went on a family trip here. How did you like that?" and this is what I recommend for future whatever. But yeah. how do you operationalize one-to-one? Like are they just on whenever that customer needs them or it's more email-based or how do you no, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it took us about a it took us about a year to uh, redesign, improve, and relaunch the one-to-one model, mm-hmm. right? Because you need to move people into new roles mm-hmm. uh, with new expectations, new plans, and all that, um, and design new process and train people and set up the systems and routing the, the mm-hmm. telephones to do that. But I think uh, um, uh, 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 it's it's really worth for our customers because they are really mm-hmm. looking for that one-to-one relationship mm-hmm. with someone who can help them with their travels. But then um, going into details about how we are uh, set up, it, you can communicate with your ambassador, uh, associate, or agent uh, through email, mm-hmm. through voice. You can leave a voicemail. Okay. But if you need immediate assistant, assistance, there's also... a kind of a pool of ambassador okay. uh, associates ready to help sure. any member from the ambassador program as well. Okay. So they can still go on vacation. They're not always on <laughs> Yeah, vacation. they okay, can okay. go on vacation. <laughs> uh, you you can choose to wait until your ambassador yeah. comes, back, comes back from vacation as well, but uh, you have <laughs> options, right? Sure. Uh, and then we have a, a pretty much a 24-7 operation with ambassador members across uh, multiple centers kind of a following the sign from a coverage perspective. Okay. Yeah. Cause you're in multiple countries. You said 20 centers. Yeah, so what have, countries your Asia pack and may there's, we have, um, 18 physical centers. Okay. Um, uh, Mexico, we have a handful center, a handful of centers in the U S mm-hmm. Canada, um, Cork, uh, mm-hmm. Cape town, Dubai. And then we have, a. Uh, in Tokyo, in um, Guangzhou, in China, Singapore, mm-hmm. Kuala Lumpur, mm-hmm. Bangkok, India. It's like, you're just going to keep naming. I just told you yeah. the, the, the 18. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. And so yeah. even, but it's remarkable, even just the countries across that and maintaining that culture and the excitement and all of that has to be quite the challenge too. Uh, I think we have, to be honest, it doesn't seem like that. We have great mm-hmm. leaders across the continents from from managers to ops managers to uh, uh, general managers of the centers and vice presidents of operations in each of the continents. Um, uh, and 90 plus of our associates are uh, in-house mm-hmm. operations, right? We Most of our associates uh, is our Marriott associates working mm-hmm. in our centers. So we're very proud about that. It's, it still works for us. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, right, and uh, uh, it's great. It's great to be part of this great culture of providing uh, service to our customers, right? Because customers communicate to us either via at the hotel when they come and check in mm-hmm. at the hotel, or they stay at the hotel, or through our customer engagement centers, right? Mm-hmm. Where the two options for customers to engage with our brands, with our hotels. Yeah, sure. Kind of sales and service combined all across the board. Yeah, and it's okay. amazing to be able to manage that organization that is. Is is providing that that customer facing 
engagement and relationship and support. Yeah, especially at a global level with the amount of members and hotels and everything that you have. Yeah, that's what I love about this kind of a contact center space mm-hmm. that um, I spent most of my life doing kind of a desk work, mm-hmm. like creating PowerPoints and just sending the PowerPoints to other people to to do things with those PowerPoints, right? Yeah. But uh, this job for the first time allows me to have a team where we create strategies and plans, but mm-hmm. also we execute those plans and deploy mm-hmm. those plans and we can see how effective our mm-hmm. ideas are, right? And we can see how the needle moves once you implement those plans in the, in the centers, right? So yeah. it's, you can see the full, full operation and the full uh, life cycle mm-hmm. of those programs. So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's amazing. Yeah. So you didn't intend to necessarily get into this, but after Deloitte and then you came here 16 years ago, kind of a last question. Yeah. What would you give advice to anyone who is in the contact center industry who maybe didn't happen to jump into it or didn't mean to be here either? Like if you could have given yourself advice 16 years ago, what would you have told yourself? You know, to be honest with you, I think I I love the contact center space, right? I think Mm. you you have to make a decision whether you want to become a contact center Mm -hmm. Uh, professional, uh, 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 an expert for the rest of your life, or if you want to continue to develop your and, and, and broaden your skill sets and experiences mm-hmm. across other customer experience uh, functions, uh, right, of the cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got the chance already to to work in loyalty, to work in brand management, sales and marketing, and reservation strategy, and now contact center. So uh, I had that experience from working across multiple customer experience touch points. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think someone, people needs to make, need to make up their minds about what they want to do in their careers, whether they want to stay in the contact center mm-hmm. or just want to step in their, in their journey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you see that a lot where people will come in, they'll start as agents. They either see the full breadth of where they can really go, especially globally yeah. and across industries and really gathering all of that experience or if it's something where they you know, tiptoe here, kind of spend a year or two, whatever, and then kind of move on to that. I'd love to see a map of like where everyone goes after they start in contact. Yeah, uh, I would like to see that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much well, for being thank on. You. Thank you for inviting me. I think yes. uh, Stephanie, you and I have been working together for yeah. now a couple of years. Yeah. So I always mm-hmm. appreciated your advice and just just that energy that you bring in that relationship to just to keep us connected and keep working together and sharing ideas every time that we meet. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure and it's been fabulous. And it's something where as I continue to travel and experience and explore the world, you know, it's always those little moments that matter for, from Marriott that let me know know where you're going next time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I'll hook you up. (laughs) Awesome. Perfect. That's even better. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Thank you. Huge shout out to Brittany Kelly and Carly Carolla at FW Rentals in lovely Las Vegas, Nevada for their support in custom logo. FW Rentals provides rental and custom build-out solutions for all of your event and production needs. We love you, Brittany and Carly. Learn more at fwrentals.com. That's fwrental.com. And that's our show. CX and Chill is a production of Exit Studios, the creative marketing arm of Extendups, with today's host, Stephanie Todd, executive producer, Sean McCreary, producers, David Spear, producer, Coronado, and Remo Gavalos. Editors and videographers, Santiago Aguirre, Alfonso Ramirez. Graphic support from Jordan Madrid and social media guru, Claudia Corona. <laughs>